press the follow or subscribe button in your podcast app to get daily updates from the front. From the journalists of The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Kristen Amiot. It's Tuesday, November 1. Gold Trip is now chiming in very strongly at the 200. Gold Trip up to Numerian Knight's order. And then came Durston getting out. Gold Trip, 100 metres to go just in front. Durston is coming at Gold Trip. A six-year-old stallion named Gold Trip is tipped to win the Melbourne Cup today, but it could be a chilly run. It's predicted that the race that stops the nation will shiver through its coldest meeting in two decades as rain and strong winds lash Victoria. It's unclear if the conditions will dampen attendance at what will be the Cup's first full-tilt event since 2019. If Australians were already worried about the federal budget's ability to ease cost-of-living pressures, they've got another thing coming. The Reserve Bank is tipped to raise interest rates by as much as half a percent today. So who's got it right when it comes to future-proofing our finances? We'll answer that question later in the episode. The managing scientist at Queensland's troubled forensics facility has faced up to unrelenting questioning over the culture of fear she allegedly created at the state-run lab. So what do you think it says about the adequacy of, to begin with, your personal management of the lab that you didn't identify this issue? From my perspective, I do the best possible job that I can. I'm reviewing these documents as best as I can. This highlights to me that I should allocate more time and devote more time to really teasing out the issues that we're trying to address. Cathy Allen has loomed large over the inquiry into the facility and her time in the witness box has been gruelling to say the least. That's first up. The managing scientist at the centre of an inquiry into Queensland's state-run forensics facility faced a third gruelling day of questioning yesterday. And it's not over yet. Cathy Allen will return to the witness box today. Claire Harvey is the Australian's editorial director and the regular host of The Front. She joins me now. Claire, counsel assisting Michael Hodge Casey really zeroed in on the culture of fear Cathy Allen allegedly created at the lab she managed. When you reflect on it, what do you think it says about your management of the lab that you took the time to photograph and email that pamphlet and that page from a yearly calendar, but you never bothered to take the time to review whether sexual assault investigation kits had not been adequately processed for six years. I think that I'm a human being that had gone through some traumatic times within that past 18 months and other times. And that's why I took the photographs to provide Ms Wyman-Clark with that information. I do take on board, as the management team should also take on board, that we should have reviewed those cases around false positives from 2010 to 2016. What did she have to say about that? Well, fascinatingly, Kristen, she admitted that some of the scientists at this laboratory feared her and that that was part of the reason why they weren't always comfortable to raise complaints all the way up to her level. We've heard evidence earlier at this inquiry that scientists were trying to find anyone except Kathy Allen to complain to. They were going to a series of executive directors of FSS, the Queensland Laboratory Facility, 
and telling those people that they were afraid of retribution if they spoke up. And this is not just about a toxic workplace. It's about scientists worrying that the laboratory was missing crucial evidence from crime scene samples that the police wanted them to test in order to try to solve alleged rapes and murders. This is high level serious crime. The scientists got that. They were worried that the lab was missing evidence, but they just didn't feel comfortable going to Cathy Allen with their concerns. Generally speaking, how has Cathy Allen held up to this really intense questioning from Michael Hodge and the Commissioner Walter Sofronoff? Well, she's only cried once, which I think if I was being grilled by Michael Hodge KC, who is probably familiar to listeners from the Banking Royal Commission, I think I probably would have cried many more times than that. There were some tears at the end of her first day of examination by Michael Hodge. Apart from that, she has appeared very grave and very sombre, but not outwardly emotional. She's had to deny probably 30 or 40 times that she is lying, that she's lying now to the commission, that she's lied in the past and that her actions are inexcusable in, according to Michael Hodge, deceiving police deceiving senior bureaucrats uh, about things that were going catastrophically wrong at the laboratory. And have we started to get a sense yet of why Cathy Allen operated the lab in this fearful, almost militant way for so long? It's really baffling. And one of the things that I'm really interested in is when the commissioner and the council assisting are going to get to motive. It's already been put to Ms Allen that one of the reasons she made a decision to stop processing a big group of crime scene samples was that she wanted to turn things around more quickly, that she wanted the lab to operate more efficiently. The suggestion, and I think where they're going to go with that, is that in order to defend that decision, which was hard to justify given that we're talking about serious crime, Kathy Allen had to suppress the whistleblowers and scientists in their lab who were raising concerns about that. And so I think the allegation is going to be that in order to justify that original decision and to avoid raising suspicions within the Queensland police that they were getting dotted, she created a climate where scientists just didn't feel that they were able to raise those concerns. Now, whether that's going to be put to her as something that she did consciously or that it was just a, a facet of her personality, we're not sure yet. And that'll be the interesting thing about the rest of her evidence. And given that Ms Allen really hasn't made any admissions of wrongdoing at all, in fact, she's strongly denied having any malign intent or doing anything wrong deliberately, I think it's going to be up to Commissioner Walter Sofronov's recommendations for us to see really what he thinks the motive was and whether the end justified the means. Claire Harvey is The Australian's Editorial Director. Coming up, why we shouldn't expect relief from the Reserve Bank anytime soon. My name is Manny Karoudis and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts. 
confidence in the federal budget's ability to improve the economy is at an all-time low, according to new data from NewsPoll. On top of that, almost half of Australian voters believe they'll be worse off over the next year. Patrick Cummins is the Australian's economics correspondent, and he joins me now. Pat, let's unpack that news poll data first. Are Australians justified in being dubious about the federal budget? Well, they're dubious in as far as what does this budget do for me? And I think that's the response of a lot of people when they get a budget. So for this budget, there was decidedly little, in fact, none at all to really help Australians over this immediate hurdle of soaring cost of living. So we've got a lot of prices going up, a lot of essentials prices, supermarket fuel. So you have a lot of these pressures kind of emerging and current, and there wasn't much in the budget beyond what the government went to the last election with. That new data preempts an interest rate announcement from the Reserve Bank today, with interest rates expected to be raised yet again. Well, here we go again. Another week and another expected rate rise, with the Reserve Bank tip to deliver its seventh hike in a row on Melbourne Cup Day. They say that's a necessary move to stop us from spending. So are they actually listening to what Australians need right now? What they think Australia needs and what the country needs is inflation back within the central bank's target range of 2 to 3%. So they think what the country needs is to avoid the scourge of inflation, which is what Reserve Bank Governor Phil Lowe has called the prospect of having high and rising inflation for an extended period of time. So what they think is in the best interest of the country, and to be fair, it has been true. They have managed the economic cycle well since the early 90s, since they started doing this. The medicine, however, it can be quite unpleasant. It's not going to make anybody happy, but it's kind of in our best interest. So it's a bit of a paternalistic uh, approach, but I think they're broadly right. The trouble for the Reserve Bank is that they are using this blunt tool of interest rates. It hits everybody. It doesn't matter what your income it is. doesn't matter how much you uh, owe, how much you don't owe. They will uh, keep raising rates until they feel like they're getting the right balance between slowing demand in the economy, which will take the edge off inflation, But they have this difficult and very delicate dance with not hiking rates too far that they trigger a recession. This is a very difficult thing because they raise rates today. It only is supposed to really take full effect in 12 months' time. It's a bit like pumping the brakes on the Titanic. It it takes a little while for the ship to slow. So the problem is that they are trying to juggle this slowing the economy without tipping us into recession. At the same time, you've got inflation, which is coming even hotter than expected. It's over 7% now. You've got central banks all around the world pushing not quite the panic button, but almost the panic button, hiking rates and admitting they will have to force their economies into recession to get inflation under control. Central bank here still doesn't think that that is necessarily the case. We can avoid a recession and keep inflation under control. So long may that last. Our Labor government's first budget does three things. It provides cost of living relief, which is responsible, not reckless, to make life easier for Australians without adding to inflation. It targets investments in a stronger, more resilient, more modern economy. And it begins the hard yards of budget repair. The tension here in Australia comes from the fact that the government is attempting to repair an economy it says is already broken, while the RBA says it's not quite broken enough to let up on those interest rate rises. So who's right? Well, okay, the RBA is not trying to break the economy. As I said, they they would love to bring inflation down and to keep unemployment low at the same time. If they can only get a slight lift in unemployment and we still have unemployment below pre-pandemic levels and we're on this kind of glide path to lower inflation, 
It doesn't have to happen next year, but you know they need to see it happening in the next you know couple of years. Then we can get through this inflationary period. So much hap- depends on what happens overseas, what happens in Ukraine. It's not nice to think that you know our economic future is so tightly tied to what uh, Vladimir Putin does, but it's almost the case at the moment. So, is the economy broken? No, the economy is in rude health. It's doing fabulously well right now. Everyone's worried about next year. I mean, we've just had retail sales figures on Monday, which showed that retail trade is still at a record high. It's climbed for nine months in a row. There is a cost of living crisis, but it's coming down the road. It's not quite here yet. We're still spending big. Unemployment's still very, very low. Everything's hunky-dory at the moment. It's really what's going to be happening in the future as these mortgage rates start to hit us and as the higher cost of living starts to hit us. That's power bills going up. That's when we're really going to start worrying. So we're all looking forward to the troubles ahead and trying to work out whether we can get through it with the least damage possible. Patrick Cummins is The Australian's economics correspondent. You can follow our coverage and analysis of today's RBA announcement, as well as all the action from the Melbourne Cup at theaustralian.com.au. I'm Felicity Harley and I host Healthy-ish, where we chat to experts, influencers and people in the know from around the globe to arm you with the knowledge to make healthier decisions for your mind, body and soul. I think if we're going to be focusing on health, like sleep is probably the biggest component of that. I I think sleep is the cornerstone. Like choose the harder option because I've never woken up and gone, I regret that run that I went at 4am. I've never done that. Search for Healthy-ish and Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts.